0: You are listening to the podcast of First Baptist Church of Severeville, where our mission is helping people move from their point of need to hope in Christ. For more information about our church, head on over to severe.church. Today's sermon, Opening Pandora's Box, is part 5 in the series Americans, chapter 1, shared by senior pastor Dan Spencer. Well, what a great time we've had already. And at this time, I want to ask you to please find in your Bible, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, uh, ask you to turn there for the fifth and final time uh, this month. Uh, today, we come to the end of this important chapter of the Bible. And uh, I realize this has not been a time where we have just uh, sort of skimmed the surface of, uh, of of biblical truth, but uh, I've asked you to put on your spiritual scuba gear, and we've gone deep here. Th- this is not anything light or uh, or simple. We've gone deep, and thank you for uh, for going on this journey with me and hanging in there. Uh, this chapter of the Bible is so important because it explains so much about what we see going on in America today and in our world. And so I've been calling Romans chapter 1, Americans chapter 1. And uh, so let me give you just a little review as we go to the very end of the chapter today. I'm going to begin reading in a minute in verse 28. Okay, everybody good? Are you ready to hear God's Word? All right, so... Romans chapter 1 is the beginning of a letter that the Apostle Paul was inspired by God to write uh, to the church at Rome in about the year 57 A.D. And we believe that God gave him this message. And so it's true not only for the people to whom it was written at first, but also to us today. And that's why we're we're reading it and studying it. And Paul starts this letter. By uh, telling the church at Rome how much he appreciates what they're doing, how he prays for them all the time, and how he really wants to go and visit them and minister to them. And so uh, Paul says, look, when I get there and I preach, you're not going to have to wonder what I'm going to talk about I have one subject that's important to me, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says in verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I want to come and preach the gospel there. And uh, the reason is that Paul was absolutely convinced that Jesus is the answer, the only answer to the world's problems. He was, he was 100% committed to that truth. Jesus is the answer, and and he tells why he believes everybody everywhere needs to hear the gospel. Throughout this chapter, Paul says, look, humanity has been hardwired by their creator, God, uh, to perceive God's existence and to respond to God's glory. It's part of being made in the image of God. God made us to know him, and God has revealed his truth of his existence and his glory to everyone everywhere through his creation. The the order of God's creation in the natural world, the the majesty of it, the fact that it has the fingerprints of a creator. And uh, so God has revealed himself to everyone everywhere through creation, but also through what Paul called the conscience in chapter 2. And, and this is where God has written his law on our hearts uh, so that we can perceive him and we can know him. Here's the problem that Paul presents here in verse 18 is that people have suppressed that truth. We, we have rejected that truth and denied God's existence and we've replaced him with idols and, and instead we have uh, worshiped ourselves. And so the result is that leaves humanity in the dark spiritually and, and lost and condemned and without excuse before a holy God. And, and here's what he's getting at. The only answer to that situation that we find ourselves in as human beings is the gospel The fact that God sent his son, Jesus, into the world. And Jesus showed us the the love of God and the glory of God and the majesty of God in flesh and blood. And, And Jesus showed us who God is. And then Jesus did the unthinkable. Although he was innocent and holy, he went to the cross. And he took responsibility for all our sins. He took it all. And he, he took all of the punishment, all the judgment of his father that you and I deserve, and he died for us. And then on the third day, he rose from the dead to offer salvation to everyone who believes. Paul said, everybody needs to hear that message. That's why I'm committed to telling it. Now, last week, he took it a step further in verses 26 and 27, uh, when he showed just how badly we need Jesus. Here's what he said. When people are determined that they're going to ignore God and cancel God out of their lives, God will allow them to do that. And God will allow them to go their own way. And what is going to happen when he allows that is they're going to sink deeper and deeper into sin. And that leads people to some dark and perverted places. Uh, In verse 21, Paul said they're foolish hearts were darkened professing to be wise they became fools and so then uh, paul uses the example in verse 26 and 27 of that and he and he uses the most obvious example i think and that is he said in that dark place here's what people will begin to reason in their mind and and it and it becomes something that people reason as being good and that is to exchange the, the natural sexuality that God created. And that is an opposite sex attraction and sexual experience between a man and a woman who are married to each other. And, and, and they have exchanged what is natural for what is unnatural. That is a, a same-sex attraction and lifestyle. And then they will call that natural. That's where Paul went in verse 26 And 27. Uh, So now this last section of chapter one, we're going to begin reading in verse 28. It shows us the final outcome of any culture, any person, any nation that rejects the knowledge of God. What happens is, and we're going to read about it, is that they end up opening up a Pandora's box of evil in their own hearts. Uh, you know where that saying comes from, a Pandora's box? It's from, the, uh, from Greek mythology. The mythological first human woman was a woman named Pandora. And the story goes that uh, Zeus gives Pandora a box. And he said, the contents of this box cannot be seen by human eyes. And so whatever you do, don't open it. Right. Right. Uh, Pandora, of course, gave in to her curiosity. She opens the box and out of it, before she can get it shut, out of that box come all kinds of evil that, that just take over the world, like uh, illness and disease and, and conflict and, and uh, pride. And so all of these things come out of that box when she opens it. Here, here's what happens. When, when we're determined that we're going to live our lives apart from God, he will allow us to do that. And what ends up happening is out of our hearts, we end up opening a box that, that uh, contains all kinds of evil. And, and this really, for me, this explains where we are in America today. And it also, for me, highlights the power of the gospel to save us from the mess that we're in. And so uh, let's begin in verse 28, super important verse. Just want to camp out here in verse 28 for a minute. It says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, and get, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Now, let's break that down. He says, He says, they and them and what he's talking about is those who reject God those who cancel God out of their lives they refuse him the rightful place that he deserves in their lives as Lord and so God abandons them to this moral tailspin and so Paul says They did not like to retain God in their knowledge. In other words, when the truth of God was made known to them, they chose not to receive it, but to to suppress it, to reject it, so they didn't have to deal with God. And so here's what happened. Verse 28, it says, So God gave them over to a debased mind. That means a mind, and this is the effect of sin over time. It means a mind that cannot discern what is good and what is evil. In other words, a mind that spiritually can't reason anymore, spiritually illogical. The the God-given distinctions of of right and wrong become confused and twisted and lost. And this is where sin leads, to to a place where wrong seems right and right seems wrong. I remember reading a story a long time ago about a really strange robbery that took place at a jewelry store in New York City. It was strange because the, the, the thieves didn't take anything. Instead, they went in and they just switched all the price tags so that uh, they took the price tag of a, a cheap piece of costume jewelry and put that cheap price on a, an expensive diamond necklace. And their plan was, we'll go in the next day and buy all this expensive stuff for a cheap price. They switched the price tags. When I I look around, and I know you've had the same experience. When I look around today, it's like somebody switched the price tags in our culture. What's supposed to be precious is now cheap. And what's cheap is now regarded as something that's valuable. Uh, So uh, the result is in verse 28 they end up doing with that kind of mindset that's that's what sin does to the human mind they end up doing things which are not fitting in other words things which are obviously not right things that are evil things that are unnatural things that are shameful and and then they don't even understand why anybody would have a problem with it that's what verse 28 means and it's a very serious thing it's the in fact It's the tipping point for any nation like ours. This is the tipping point. I think think the moral decline that we are witnessing in America is the after effect of rejecting God's truth. Uh, You know it as well as I do. The dominant force in our nation has made it clear they don't want the truth of God to have any influence in our public life. They don't want the name of God to be mentioned in the public sphere. Most of our universities have made it clear that the God of the Bible is not welcome in the classroom. Uh, Many elected officials have made it clear that they don't want the Word of God to have any bearing at all on our laws and our statutes. And the way that Paul says it in verse 28 is, So God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting And then verse 29 says this, being filled with all unrighteousness. So this is the result that those who reject the knowledge of God become completely filled with uh, all the, the evil creativity that our hearts can come up with. All kinds of sins. And so we read, beginning in verse 29... The longest list of sins in the New Testament. And and Paul says, this is is what is produced when we reject God. Verse 29, he said, Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they're whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. How did that one get in there? Disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. And then verse 32, this is his summary. Who knowing the righteous judgment of God, That those who practice such things are deserving of death. Not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. So think about this. Reading that long, ugly list. All these things that are destructive to families and friendships and communities. All these things that, that just destroy nations and cultures uh, when you reject God these things actually begin to make sense to the point that they're they're celebrated and encouraged verse 32 says they not only do these things but but they approve of those who practice them Uh, they become celebrated that actually begins to make sense and that's when you find uh, the killing of unborn babies being called health care and that's when you find gender confusion being called uh, courage. That's when you find filth being called funny and so on and so on and so on. Doesn't that explain for you how, how we got into the place we're in in America today? Doesn't that explain it? That This is how we get here. I don't know about you, but uh, Teresa and I, every time we hear something crazy that somebody has done, something desperate that somebody does to hurt someone else or to hurt themselves, uh, we are, our saying in our house is, what is wrong with people? And this tells us, this is what is wrong with people. And were it not for the grace of God, that's what would be wrong with me. And with you. So uh, here's how I want to bring this whole thing all month long to a close. Okay? Uh, And that is by just giving you four reminders uh, from this passage of Scripture. Okay? Four reminders. Are you ready? Number one, remember the origin of all the sin and the chaos we see. Remember where it all comes from. All the sin and chaos that we see in the world and in our own lives can be traced back to refusing to allow your creator to be the Lord of your life. That's the original sin. That's the origin story of all the chaos that we see in the world. Um, I want to take you all the way back for a moment to the beginning to Genesis chapter 3. And I want you to listen as I read these six verses. That tell us how the fall happened. Humanity's fall into sin. Genesis 3.1. The setting is that God has created a perfect world. He created the first two people. Adam and Eve. And put them together. In a relationship. And they had a perfect place to live. All of their needs were met. They had a perfect relationship with each other and a perfect relationship with God. And then they did the one thing that God told them not to do. Here's how it happened. Genesis 3, 1 says, now the serpent, this is Satan, was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So immediately, he's casting doubt. He's twisting God's words. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. In other words, God has been lying to you. God's been holding out on you. And listen to what he says. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So he's saying, Look, you don't need him. You can be God. You can do exactly what God does. Verse six So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. That's where it started. I'm not going to do it God's way. I don't need God. I can be God in my own life. And so I'm just going to do what feels good to me. And I'm going to get whatever I desire. That's where it started. Have you ever heard of uh, a woman named Rosaria Butterfield? You, you ought to look up some of her talks on uh, on YouTube. Rosaria Butterfield is a wonderful Christian author and speaker who, uh, before she was saved, she was a lesbian activist and a professor of literature and women's studies at Syracuse University. And uh, she says that Romans chapter one is what brought her to Christ. In fact, there was a a pastor and his wife who really showed her love and took her into their home and showed her all kinds of hospitality and uh, and friendship. And, And that pastor who eventually led her to Christ, at first, he refused to argue with her about her lifestyle. She wanted to argue. She was brilliant. And she wanted to argue, but he wouldn't do it. Instead, he told her that the real issue is who gets to call the shots in your life? How to, who gets to decide how you define yourself? Who gets to decide how you seek fulfillment in your life? And Rosaria said this, and I quote, she said, Romans 1 revealed my heart to me because in it, Paul shows us that we all go through what Eve went through in the Garden of Eden. We have to ask who gets to decide what is good and what is not? What is the Lord of my life? Is it my desires or is it God's glory? And she says, our core sin Is the desire to be our own God. To declare for ourselves what is good and evil. To live for our own gratification instead of for God's glory. And and I love what she said because that is the origin of all the sin and the chaos we see. And, And it might be manifested in you refusing to let God Uh, be the lord of your sexual life it could be manifested in in your refusal to obey god when it comes to your uh, relationships or to your finances it could be your refusal to allow god uh, to lead you in 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 uh, what you seek for uh entertainment and for pleasure it all comes from the same place it all comes from that desire to reject what god says and to try to do it on my own. And so what that means is that we're all really on level ground here, y'all. And it means that repentance looks the same no matter what your sin is. Repentance ends up being the same for everybody where we have to come to God and say, God, I'm sorry for elevating my desires over your will. And I'm sorry for attempting to define my identity apart from your design for me. And I'm sorry for taking On myself, the authority to declare what is good and what is not. And I'm sorry for seeking my desires instead of your glory. I recognize you are the Lord and I turn over control of my life to you. It looks the same for everybody, doesn't it? So remember the origin of all the sin and chaos that we see. Number two, remember the answer to all these problems. It's the gospel of Christ. There's only one hope to pull us out of the mess that we're in. And it's what Paul declared in Romans 1.16 when he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. So here's the deal. This is going to help you as you try to look around and make sense of What's going on in our world? Our problem as human beings is a sin problem. It's a sin problem. And so we, that, that can't be fixed by an election or new legislation or more education. Our only hope for a fix is to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, as Americans, we ought to do all we can to influence our nation and our community and our family toward godliness. But the truth is, better laws and better leaders can't change the rebellious hearts of sinners. Only the power of God that's unleashed when we share the gospel of Christ can break the chains of sin and change somebody's life. And so we have to do all we can to share that so glad somebody shared that with me and made it clear to me no telling where i would be or if i would even be alive right now if i'd not heard the gospel and god had not turned my life around the third reminder is this remember the possibilities when we share the gospel the possibilities think about this we need to think about this all the time the possibilities when you share the gospel, the darkest sins can be forgiven when you share that message. The worst sinners can be saved. The most desperate lives can be changed. The, the most disturbing evil can be overpowered. The strongest addictions can be overcome in Jesus Jesus, remember the possibilities of sharing the gospel. Jesus can save your friend who's ruining her life. Jesus can bring your child home. Jesus can save your husband. Think about the possibilities of what Jesus can do. And number four, and I need to end with this. Remember to check your own heart. You know, something really interesting and unexpected happened to me this month as as I've been studying uh, so I could share with you. Um, I expected that this was going to really clear up a lot in the way that we view the world and all of the evil, all the crazy things that we see going on. But here's what happened. At some point, God began to, Flip the camera around so that the scripture ended up like taking a selfie of me. It, It became more like a mirror to make me stop and check my own heart. And that really needs to be where we end this. We need to flip the camera around. And we need to ask ourselves... Am I rejecting God's wisdom? Have I been sort of low key rebellious against God's will for my life? Have I been trading what's God's best for me for something that I really want to do? Have I been forgetting about the people around me who need my compassion and need the love of Jesus? We need to flip the camera and, and ask ourselves, am I, have I been excusing my own sin? And am I living for myself instead of living for him? And, and what I'm left with is uh, I've been humbled. I've had to check my own heart. and i've i felt god doing that work in me of stirring me up in a new way to share the gospel with people and to do it with loads and loads of compassion because jesus really is our only hope to pull out of this mess that we're in as human beings right all right let's stand together and uh, let's pray this morning. Our, our pastors are going to come and be standing here and ready to help you with whatever may be going on in your life. If you need prayer, if you need some guidance, we would love to help you. And so uh, let's, let's bow and pray together. Heavenly Father, I, I want to thank you for your word. Lord, it's, um, this is not easy. It's, it's tough. But we need to hear it. And thank you for giving it to us, for helping us to make sense of our world. And Lord, we pray that uh, right now, if there's someone who's hurting, someone who finds themselves in just deep darkness, and yet they've seen a little light today, Lord, I pray that they would turn to you in faith and call out to you for salvation. And God, I, I pray that the power of the gospel of Christ would turn their life around today. Lord, let us hear the truth cutting through all the lies. And Lord, I I may not have said everything right this month, but I know this to be true. That Jesus is the answer for our world and we hold within our hearts this great power this good news that can pierce the darkness and turn lives around and make forever changes we pray that you would Lord light a fire in our hearts to share it with others And, Lord, help us to live what we say we believe. Oh, God, may nobody look at us and see hypocrisy or anything that's fake. God, I pray it would be real for every one of us. And so, Lord, we need your help to do that. You know our hearts. You know us. You know how weak we are. Will you please strengthen us? by your grace. Lord, will you just help us to live it and to share it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and share. And if you want a pastor to follow up with you regarding today's message, reach out to us at severe.church slash follow up. Thanks again for joining us on the First Baptist Church Sevierville podcast.